Lord. Welcome to our, our 7 o'clock service here at uh, New Harvest Norwalk Wednesday evening. Thank you all for coming out. A little brisk tonight, and we're okay. We got our blankets and our, our uh, jackets on, and so it's good uh, to be able to come and worship no matter what and uh, to serve the Lord. Good to praise God. And those of you joining online, thank you so much. We appreciate you uh, attending online, wherever you might be. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we will be back here Sunday, obviously, at 10 a.m. We have one service on Sunday uh, while we're out here. And so uh, we want to encourage you to come out Sunday and uh, in enjoy the service, enjoy the worship, enjoy the fellowship. It's such a blessing to be able to come and to congregate together. Well, tonight I get the, the privilege of, of ministering, and uh, uh, I'm going to continue on our series that we have started, been going through this series for some time, and it's called Divine Urging. And what this is about is the urging of the different men of God to, to the church and to the people of God to uh, strive for God's blessing in, in our lives, to uh, compete uh, against uh, the strategies of the enemy that we would uh, strive and be successful in what God wants us to do in so many different aspects of life, in so many different areas of our Christian faith. And tonight, what I want to look at uh, is uh, striving, divine urgence uh, that needs to take place in our prayer life, in our prayer life. Because the goal of everyone here tonight, every Christian man and woman, is to become more like Christ, to become more like Him. God wants us to develop that character of Christ-likeness in our lives. And we do that by allowing His purpose, His will to be done to shape us and to guide us. Why? So that the gift that God has given to us, each and every one of us here this evening, have a gift uh, that God has given to us that he wants to bring out and to help others, to encourage others that will glorify the Lord. In order for those gifts to be realized, in order for our character to be shaped, uh, it's going to have to require personal discipline. And one of the personal disciplines that we need to look at tonight uh, is a disciplined lifestyle of prayer. When we think about prayer, sometimes we complicate prayer. A lot of times we make prayer more difficult than it really is. You know, tonight prayer is simply having a conversation with God. As simple as that, conversing with the Lord. We can do it here, outside. We can pray. We have, and we've done that. We can do it while we're at work, while we're in our car. We can do it while, if, if in between classes, if, you, if you're in school. Prayer is not limited to a religious exercise, but prayer is simply having a conversation with God. And sad to say, too many of God's people have not yet had that discipline, that spiritual discipline of prayer uh, become a major part of their lifestyle. In 2 Timothy is our text in chapter number 1. 
the Apostle Paul is challenging Timothy. And that's what I'd like to do tonight is to challenge you to step out more maybe than you have already in the area of your prayer life so that the gift of God could be realized and maybe the gift of God in your life that may be lying dormant, God would be able to show you through prayer how he wants to use your life. And Paul writes to, to Timothy and he says this in verse, verses 6 and 7, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying, hand, laying on of my hands. So Paul was saying, listen, I laid my hands on you and I prayed for you. He says, for the spirit of God, uh, God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And as we get a hold of God and we begin to develop that disciplined lifestyle of prayer, God will begin to realize in us uh, that gift that needs to be fanned into, uh, into service, that needs to be fanned uh, into a, a place where it becomes zealous in our lives. Spiritual self-discipline is the strict self-training that the Apostle Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse 25. He uses uh, uh, athletes to, to give us the understanding. And he says, everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. And this is the idea that Paul writes to Timothy about concerning self-discipline and that Paul is writing to the church at Corinth about that there needs to be certain disciplines, spiritual disciplines that we maintain in our lives in order for us to be successful. I know we all want to be successful here tonight. I know we all want to accomplish good things for God, for our families, our children, and for our communities. And in order for that to take place, it's going to take a spiritual self-discipline in so many areas being developed. And tonight I want to talk about prayer, the discipline of prayer. Acts chapter 4, or chapter 6 and verse 4. Listen to what the Word of God says, but we will continue steadfastly in prayer and in the ministry of uh, the Word. The, the steadfastly means dedicated, firmly, disciplined. And Paul says or the, the, here in, in, in the book of Acts that this is what we're going to be doing. We need to do this. We need to be steadfast, committed, and disciplined in the area of our prayer life because it is prayer. Can you say that word with me, prayer? It's a good word. Too many Christians are afraid of that word. And what we need to understand is it is that word, prayer, that will help us to build that spiritual endurance that Paul talks about striving for in, in, in the Olympic, in the athletic games that he speaks about. Because it takes endurance to help us stay in the will of God. It takes spiritual endurance through prayer to be able to defeat the strategies and the, and the lies of 
the enemy. So remember, don't forget, if you don't remember anything else about this sermon tonight, remember that prayer is simply a conversation with the creator of the universe. Conversing and speaking with God. And so we should be challenged tonight to continually strive to, 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 to become more disciplined in our prayer life because it is our spiritual oxygen. Prayer is our spiritual oxygen that we need to breathe and to uh, allow to be consumed of in our lives, to maintain the disciplines as Christians, to have that endurance and that spiritual vitality. It's that spiritual oxygen. And so for many Christians, their prayer life is less than it should be. Why is that? Why is our prayer life less than what we know God wants us to develop in our lives? Well, simply because there are competing agendas. There are competing things that are taking place in our lives that we allow to rob us of that time with God. That we allow that time that should be spent with God, conversing, to interfere and to cause us to lose that aspect of spiritual prayer in our lives. Because of these competing agendas, some of them, yep, they're important. We have our kids. We have our jobs. Uh, you know, we have those things that need to be done in our lives. There are some that are important, and I understand that. But then there are those other things that consume our attention and rob us of that spiritual oxygen and begin to suffocate us. Before you know it, we've gone days, maybe weeks, and sad to say some for months, without exercising that spiritual discipline of prayer. And we wonder why we struggle. And we wonder why we're not accomplishing what God wants for us. Why those gifts that God wants to bring out, why they're not being fanned into that flame the Apostle Paul spoke about. We end up powerless, relying on our own strength, our own understanding, and we feel the defeated and depleted. You know, it's almost like those face masks we have on. You know, there's some folks that have to wear them all day for hours and hours at a time. And you know what that's like. Even when you wear them for two or three or four hours, it just kind of hinders your breathing ability. It kind of leaves you, you know, sometimes breathless. I see people running, riding bikes with face masks, when you know, they're like 100 miles from anybody. And it's, what are you doing? You know, you're not able to have that full oxygen coming into your, your life. And that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's those uh, competing agendas that, that cause you and I to almost feel like we're not getting that spiritual oxygen that we need. And basically... They slow us down, and they hinder us spiritually. We lose sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, 
to the conviction of God in our lives. And so prayer, the discipline of prayer, must be a priority for us as Christians. We cannot exclude that. Why? Because there are some things that prayer does in our lives that I want to take a look at with you this evening. Prayer helps us to know the will of God for our lives. I know everybody here tonight wants to know God's will. What is it, God, that you, that you want from me? What is it, God, your will in my life to accomplish? How do we, how do, we do that? We do that to the discipline of prayer. Helps us to what? Keep our focus on Jesus Christ. Helps us to stay in the will of God. And it helps us to put aside those competing agendas that want to rob us from the will of God. How in the world can we know what God wants from us? How in the world can we know the will of God if we're not praying? If we're not seeking God's face, if we're not conversing with Him. Listen to what the Word of God says in Colossians chapter number 1 and in verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray and make requests for you that you may be filled. Now listen to this carefully. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. How do we get all spiritual wisdom and understanding concerning the will of God? The scripture says, because we don't cease to pray. You see, when we stop praying, we stop being sensitive to God and his will for our lives. Now, Paul, or the, Paul says that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. All spiritual wisdom and understanding. The word or the phrase filled with knowledge means to have full knowledge. That's powerful there. That's powerful. Because God doesn't want us to just simply know a little bit of what he wants for our lives. He doesn't want us to have just a little bit of knowledge concerning his will for our lives. But he wants us to be filled with the full knowledge of what God wants for our lives. So it's possible here. Paul didn't want the church to guess about God's will for their lives. And neither should we need to be guessing about the will of God for our lives. Too many Christians don't know what God wants from them, so they wander spiritually. They don't have an understanding of the knowledge of God for their lives, the wisdom of God for their lives, because they're not praying. And so they just basically make decisions based upon feelings or based upon what they think and see. Paul told them they could have wisdom, all spiritual wisdom. We need spiritual wisdom. Boy, in this day and age, don't we need spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom that comes from the Word of God. Not just guessing or 
running around not knowing what to do. You know, I think about the, the commercial on TV. I think it's a Geico commercial. And, I, and I, 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 it's, it's the funniest thing because you have these people and it's this, this crazy psycho killer and he's got this hockey mask, right? And they're, they're all running away from this guy and they're trying to figure out what do we do. And the girl goes, well, why can't we just get in the car that's running? Oh, no, everybody's yelling, no, 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 we need to go over where all the knives and the, the hacksaws and everything are and where that crazy guy's standing. And then they run over there. And then they go, now where should we go? Well, let's go to the cemetery. You know, that's the way some Christians are. They're listening to everybody else, what everybody else is saying, what everybody else is thinking. They've based their lives and and, and what they're going to do or not do upon what somebody else is saying, gossiping, uh, instead of praying. And we end up like that commercial, not everybody just running in circles and making some dumb choices. You see, Paul says we can know the will of God. We can be in the will of God, not based on what everybody else is doing, but what God says he wants us to do through prayer. Pray and ask God to fill you with that knowledge of his will for your life today. And when we surrender, we surrender to God our time our talents, our treasures to him, whatever gifts that God has given to us, and lay aside those things, those competing agendas that hinder us from all spiritual wisdom and knowing the will of God, I guarantee you, God's giftedness will begin to come out. That stirring up will begin to take place in your life. And it will begin to go and give God the glory and the honor that he deserves. Because our life belongs to Jesus anyway. Everything we have, everything we are, belongs to Jesus Christ. Give it back to him. And I guarantee you, you'll see God do wonderful things in your life. Because you know the will of God. Next that spiritual discipline of prayer in our life will bring the results of God's fruitfulness in your life. Being fruitful, I know, productive, is what we want to experience in our lives. In Colossians 1.10, again, the scripture says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. You see, here the prayer is that this church be pleasing in their lifestyle, pleasing in what they do and in their work for the kingdom of God, in the way they serve the Lord. You see, tonight, my prayer, our prayer should be that uh, we become more productive uh, as uh, the people of God. 
that every ministry that this congregation and this church has to offer to our community and the world begins to flourish even in a greater dimension and a greater way. That our communities would be able to see, yes, they have something uh, that I want to be a part of. And it will cause us as we pray and seek for God's wisdom on how to reach people and how we can become more fruitful in our ministry, in our leadership abilities, God will honor that and bring blessing in every good work, as the Word of God says. But you see, it's going to take a disciplined lifestyle of prayer that's going to be operating in every leader in every ministry uh, worker, in every church member, in order for that fruitfulness to be maximized. In order for us as the people of God to experience the best that God has for us. And when we do that, when we discipline our prayer life, even in the face of opposition, there isn't anything that we cannot accomplish for the kingdom of God. No matter what comes against us, no matter what obstacles we face, uh, when we discipline our spiritual life in prayer, uh, fruitfulness will begin to be multiplied uh, in us uh, and in those uh, that we're trying to help. That's why Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and in verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. You see, the devil is a liar, and we know that tonight. And he wants us to look at our lives, look at what's going on, and say, you see, you can't be fruitful. You can't never experience uh, the fullness of God. But Satan is defeated. Uh, he is a liar uh, because we can be steadfast in the promises of God and abound, grow beyond where we are in the work uh, of the Lord. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you, you're wasting your time because you are not. Whatever you do for Jesus, uh, God will honor. He will bless your life. Uh, he will multiply blessing upon your service. And as we serve and surrender to Jesus in our prayer life, God will produce more fruit, I guarantee you, than we have ever experienced before. You see, I know we all want to see more people get saved. We have a city of thousands upon thousands upon thousands who need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have communities where we live, the world in which we live, that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are still more churches that need to be planted in the, for the kingdom of God from this ministry. There are more men and women who need to be raised up and serve the Lord in the kingdom of God. God wants us to be fruitful. 
beyond uh, our wildest imaginations. And that happens when we pray and discipline ourselves in our prayer life. God will give to us that revelation on what it's going to take to accomplish his will. It's not over. It's not finished. I was recently told by some folks, some leaders, that it would be better for me to retire and enjoy the rest of my life instead of continuing and at 71 to work and to build. Well, that would be easy for some. It would be an easy way for some people, but not for me. I want to be like Caleb in Joshua. When he spoke to Moses in chapter number 14. And in verse 10, this is what he says. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well. As he promised for all these 45 years. Since Moses made his promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today, I am 85 years old. Well, I'm only 71, but it's just a scripture here. I am as strong now as I was uh, when Moses sent me on that journey 45 years ago, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the mountain. Give me the hill country that the Lord has promised to me. And if the Lord is with me, he says, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord says. You see, there are still more cities uh, that we need to invade for the kingdom of God. There are still more people that need to be reached uh, for the city, uh, for the kingdom of God. And so let's get it on. Are you ready to do that? Amen. And that happens. God brings that fruitfulness as we pray and are sensitive uh, to the Spirit uh, of God because God has done it before and He will do it uh, again. Just like David said, uh, God help me to kill the lion and the bear and this Goliath, this giant, ain't anything. Uh, he's going down. And you and I tonight uh, are in the will of God, standing in the presence of God uh, God will cause us to be fruitful beyond what we've ever been in that disciplined lifestyle of prayer. And then, winding it down, God, through prayer, will help us to increase our knowledge of God. Who He is. What He wants to be to us. In Colossians 1, with the scripture we read, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And see, here Paul's not just talking about knowing God, just about knowing God, but about having an intimate relationship with God. And that only happens as we communicate with Him, as we converse with Him. We grow more in our understanding about God and who He is and who He wants to be to us. Lots of people know about God. You can walk down the street, any supermarket, any place, say, Hey, do you know about God? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know about God. Yeah, I read about that when I was a kid. 
But I wonder how many people really know who God is. It's like a marriage relationship. He's the, he, he's the bridegroom and we are the bride. And in a marriage relationship, without communication, there is no intimacy. There is no knowledge of, of our, our partner, our spouse, our husband, our wife. This is why so many marriages struggle, because they lack communication. And it's the same way with us when it comes to our relationship with God. When there's no communication with God, we're going to struggle in knowing who he is and knowing and how he can help us and what he wants us to become. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul gives us that revelation. And he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And that needs to be a challenge to all of us here this evening. To be like the Apostle Paul and say, yeah, I know God. I've served the Lord for this amount of time, this many years. But I want to know more about him. I want to know more about how he loves me and how I can serve him. Too many Christians have stopped wanting to know more about God. Have become complacent in their relationship and communication with the Lord. What we need to do is get back to that point where the Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, all that he has to offer. We need to be challenged in our relationship with God. And when we do this, let me tell you what happens. We'll have a solid, a more solid understanding and foundation that's established in our lives. We'll be able to say when we go through trouble, when we go through trials, discouragement, whatever the case might be, as the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, what can we say then? If God is for us, then who can be against us? How can Paul say that? Because he knew God. He knew that God would be with him. He would never leave him nor forsake him. And he had that solid understanding of who God was. And no matter what he went through, where he went through it, he understood that yes, there would be difficult times. There would be suffering. There would be tough times simply because of his relationship with Jesus Christ. And guess what? So will we have tough times. There will be difficulties. There will be disappointments. But yet, guess what? It's okay. That's okay because the Apostle Paul understood there would be nothing uh, that could come in to separate him uh, from the love of Jesus Christ uh, because he had that secure understanding and knowledge uh, of his God. And it will be the same way with us. When we go through those things and we go through those difficulties, we'll know, God, you're here with me. 
When friends turned their back on God, when they turned their back on us, your church, guess what? Draw near to God and be confident He's got your back. He's there with you, and He's seeing you through whatever it is. Uh, you can be confident of that. In Psalms uh, chapter 1, the first two verses, Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers or scorners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. Increase your knowledge of God through your word, reading the word of God. Through that time you spend disciplined in prayer, Get involved uh, in, in, in a study group, our relate groups. Uh, get back into those and begin to know more about what God has to offer into your life where you can begin to grow and learn more about who God is. Not only will it help you grow, it will bring unity in your relationship with your brothers and your sisters and in the church. You see, spiritual growth does not happen in isolation, but it occurs in the environment of mature fellowship and relationships. We need each other. We need one another to encourage one another. And the more we get into the Word of God, the more we study the Word of God, the more we will be like Him and grow in our maturity and strength. In the book of Acts, as our music group makes their way up, in chapter number 17, Paul speaks uh, at uh, Berea. And in verse 10, he says, That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas off to Berea. And when they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. These Jews were more receptive than those in Thessalonica. Why? Because they welcomed the message very eagerly and examined the scriptures every day to see whether these things were so. And so it says, therefore, many of them believed. You see, the difference between the Christians at Berea and Thessalonica is that the Christians at Berea were hungry for the Word of God. And they wanted to get together every day to want to hear the Word of God. And the result was not only they were strengthened, but people God saved. Through prayer, we can understand the will of God we can increase in the fruitfulness in our labors, in our knowledge of God through prayer. We will have more understanding and uh, strength. And finally, in our prayer, God's power and endurance, His stamina, persistence, and strength uh, will begin to be multiplied in us.
strengthened with all might, Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. That church needed the power of God, and so do we. They needed the stamina and the might of God, and so do we in order to defeat the lies and opposition of the enemy. Endurance and stamina. Why? Because the race we're in is not a sprint. It's not a 50-yard dash, but it is a marathon. And when you run a marathon, you need endurance. You need patience, and you need power. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22. Jesus said to the disciples, you will be hated by all because of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Endurance, power, stamina. How do we realize that? through prayer, through the discipline, lifestyle of prayer. As we bow our heads this evening for a few moments, this evening, there may be some here tonight, you might be visiting, maybe you've come off and on here to this church, but you've never dedicated or disciplined your life when it comes to Jesus Christ, serving Him, surrendering to Him. Tonight you have an opportunity. Maybe you've grown weary of the life you're living, grown tired of the struggles over, over, and over again, the same things, uh, not being able to overcome them but they always seem to overcome you. That can change here tonight. God can strengthen you supernaturally beyond your own wisdom and your own ability. It comes not from you, but from the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And tonight you have that opportunity. And so if that's you here tonight, you say, Pastor, I need a miracle. I want God in my life. I want to know Him. I want to know more about Him. I want to be productive. Would you allow us to pray with you? Would you allow us to believe God with you that today you will begin a new life? with Jesus Christ leading and guiding you. Would you lift your hand if that's you? Maybe you're backslidden tonight. Maybe you're not serving God. At one time you were, but you left him. You walked away because you thought you knew better because you stopped praying possibly and you grew cold in your relationship and understanding. It's time to get back. Would you lift your hand tonight? 
first-time salvation or you want to rededicate your life, where are you tonight? Let's pray together. God bless you in the back. Thank God for you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? Yes. Who has not raised your hand? Maybe tonight you say, that's me. I need God in my life or I want to rededicate my life. Anyone else who has not yet raised your hand, would you do that right now? God loves you. We love you. We want to see the best for you. Can we all stand tonight? This evening as we stand to our feet. Tonight, if you lifted your hand, you said, Pastor, tonight, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. You have an opportunity to accept him as your Lord and Savior. We have some wonderful folks standing up here to my right and to my left. If you want prayer, you're more than welcome to step out and we'll pray with you. We'll believe God with you for that new life to begin tonight, for that miracle to begin tonight, for that healing to begin tonight. You're more than welcome to step out and join us here. We will pray with you and believe God for that miracle in your life tonight. Won't you join us?